0: Thank you, Zoe. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter three this week as we continue our series on good church and bad church. I want to start off by talking about power because we're talking about the power that comes from God this week. And I got to be honest with you, uh, as one of the things that I kept thinking as I was doing this was I, 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 how grateful I am to get to do this. Uh, as a, as a pastor, somebody who stands in front of other people and talks for a living uh, does so for a variety of reasons. Some healthy and, and good and altruistic and some not so healthy. And anybody who gets up here has a part of them that, that, that needs this, that needs everybody to stare at me and listen to me because it's easier to relate to people uh, a few dozen at a time than it is to relate to them one on one and if I'm honest with you, I don't feel powerful most of the time, and if I'm honest with you, and if I'm honest with myself, this is the most comfortable that I get all week long, because I know how to do this. I know how to stand here. I know how to talk into a microphone. I know how to, how to, how to see God's truth in Scripture and communicate it to other people. So when I'm talking about power this week, I want to be really clear that I am not talking about power as a powerful person. That's not who I am, and that's not what I feel most of the time, but I want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to, to, to feel right in my own skin, and, and to allow me to work on these gifts, and, and, and when I do talk about power, even though I don't feel it most of the time, I do know what it's like to feel that. So we're continuing our journey through Ephesians as we talk about good church and bad church, and then... And and what's interesting as we do this is, is that when we talk about good church and bad church, the tendency that we have is like let's talk about all the things that good churches do. Let's talk about all of the the, the programs and the resources and all the important work that we do. And if we get all of all, all of our work right, then we'll be right. Then we'll be good church. And. And, and I understand where that comes from, but what's interesting is we're, as we're following along in Ephesians, and I know that I've repeated this a couple of times, but it's, it, it bears saying over and over again that Paul, for the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, isn't really concerned with what the church does, he's very concerned about who they believe that they are. Somehow, in the mind of Paul, in the mind of Scripture, who... We are who we believe ourselves to be, who we believe other human beings to be, is more important than what we do, and in fact, what we do only works as a wellspring of what we believe, and he reminds them that they are to be people, as we talked about last week, of reconciliation, bringing all people. Uh, on earth together under the lordship of christ under recognizing the humanity that god has given us in each other that 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 we are called to be people who are bringing about this message and as we continue today we're going to be talking about power we talk about power most of the time most of the time what we're thinking about power is the ability to influence things that's the way that we think about power. The first time that I uh, ever heard about power was, I believe it or not, I was a high school football player, and the way that they measured power was in our vertical jump and in our broad jump, that that was the, the best physical example of power, your ability to move your body the furthest distance either up or or forward. I had a reasonably high vertical but short arms, so I can't talk. Um, but, so, or, or now, when we talk about power, what, what, what? As an adult, what we're talking about isn't is the our ability to influence other people, either financially, just by putting money in their pockets, or ability to to get things to happen by knowing the right people, being in the right room at the at the right time, uh, getting things to move in the proper way. That's what we think about when we talk about power: the ability to influence other people to do what we wanted to want them to do. And. And even now in our age, this has moved beyond the ability to move, influence the people around, around you. And now we think about, about power as a media entity. Or we think about someone, everyone's social media following. And when they post a status on Facebook, how many people like it? How many people share it? How many people are influenced by it and, and people whose whole description of themselves as a person or as a human being is, like, is, is who are you and they, what do you do when they say I'm an influencer. So we're going to be talking about power today. The ability, the influence, the strength, the ability to make desires real. And what we're going to find as we talk about power, as Paul talks about power, is his idea of power in the church is very different than the the way we conventionally think about power. So this is from Ephesians chapter 3. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to be by uh, Revelation, as I've already written briefly. And he continues... In reading this then, he's talking about his own letter, in reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. So, this is similar to what we talked about last week that God is about reconciliation of all things under Christ. And Paul is talking about how this this mystery was revealed in the past. And it was revealed in the Old Testament, it was revealed in the past, but it was revealed in words, it was revealed in stories. It was revealed in Genesis chapter 12 where God speaks to Abraham and says, "I will bless I will bless you, you will be a blessing and all ethnos, all people on the earth will be blessed through you." It was revealed in Naaman where where it was revealed in the story of Naaman where a foreign military leader steps outside of himself and is healed by the God of Israel, even though he is not one of the chosen people, even though he is he is militarily oppressed, God's chosen people, he is still God still heals him it's in the story of Ruth where a person who was not part of the chosen people of Israel is grafted into the bloodline of Jesus as an example of God's grace for everybody but it has been revealed differently now because not only has it been revealed in words and in stories now it's been revealed in deeds that God's Holy Spirit as Paul is talking about has has been visited on people who are oh sorry <laughs> Sorry, JB was like glaring at me, because I was holding the microphone wrong, and, uh, and I was just like, did I say something wrong? Because like sometimes I go off the cuff, and I'm like, did I just accidentally throw a swear word in there that I didn't notice? I was like, only JB noticed that swear word. Maybe he's the... No, I didn't. I was just holding the mic wrong. Um, so, the only... <laughs> The Holy Spirit has come on people at Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit moves, and, and, and Paul has seen this, as, and, and the Holy Spirit moves through all different ethnicities of people. We see this in Acts chapter 2, where, where, where God speaks in tongues through Arabs and Greeks and, and, and people from all over the known world at the time. And it and it comes in the vision of Peter that ends dietary laws, where 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 Peter goes and eats with someone who is not of the people of Israel, even though he thinks it would make him unclean. And it comes in the story of the Ethiopian eunuch, where the, where where this man who was not only of a different ethnicity than the people of God, and this man who was who was as a eunuch was was exempted from the from the from the blessing of God's people, from acceptance into the temple. He looks at uh, he looks at uh, at Philip and says, "Is there any reason why I can't?" be baptized and philip can find none so all people are one people and as we discussed last week a good church is one that works towards this reconciliation recognizing that all of us are one people uh, deserving uh sorry not deserving but 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 having been given the grace of god And we hold this message front and center and and, and this is incredibly important for us because we value culture and and, and individual cultures that's incredibly important but we hold them loosely Paul continues, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given through me by the working of his power, is the word that's translated there. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ, and to make everyone plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. This, this word power that's translated here is, is deanimous. It's the, it's the same word from which we get, we get dynamite. Okay, So when he's talking about power, he's talking about something explosive, something that, 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 that has a, a potentially violent and drastic impact in the world around, uh, on the world around it. As, as this power, this deanimous is released, uh, it, 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 cre- it creates an effect on everything around it, for good or for ill. And, and Paul understands his ability to understand the working of God, uh, of God in the world as, as that he has been hit by this dynamite. That this wasn't some sort of idea that he discovered on his own. That this wasn't something that he, 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 he dug through and manufactured and built. He believed that this was something that had been given to him. That this was something that exploded upon him. That the word of God, understanding who God was and how he worked in the world, was something that happened to him more than something he cre- that he created Not only this did this dynamite affect him But this dynamite affected others Because now he had been given This, this, this dynamite to share good news It's interesting that he uses the word power In this way Because normally you think of power To hold sway over other people But now he's been given power To share good news His power is to communicate the truth to people In a way that they can understand So that they too can see What he has done this is a fascinating thing for us to grab hold of because this understanding of dynamite that we have, that, that whoever holds this holds something powerful that impacts the world around them. Now, this dynamite is switched into the hands of God for, 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 his, for, for spreading his, his message. He continues, His intent was that now, through the church, us... The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, do not be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. This is interesting, because Paul is identifying the fact that he is not a person with obvious power at this point in time. He's experiencing sufferings he's, he is experiencing oppression, he is poor, he is on the outside he's at the, the influence and the beck and call of a Roman empire that that, that, that is trying to subjugate him he is at the he is at the whim and the beck and call of a religious elite that want him to shut up. He does not have power over these things, but he says still says that in the midst of all of the outward trappings of power not being there that he still has the power of God working within him for their glory for this reason. I kneel before the Father, he continues, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. So now we're back to this again, this dianamos through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. This is fascinating the way that Paul uses the word power in this instance, because he asks that his church, in his mind, he wants this church to be good in Ephesus. He wants them to be effective. He wants them to be what God has created and called them to be. And he wants them to have power, but not necess- but, but the power that he's asking for as he prays for them isn't power to, 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 to manage all of the resources, isn't power to, to dictate the, the, the policies for the government of the area. The, the, the power that he wants them to have is that, is that they be full of Christ indwelling them. This is a shift of the way that we conventionally think about power. And, and I know that it gets trite to be like, okay, of course, we want to be filled with, the, filled with Christ. Wonderful, now let's go do stuff. But we need to stop there for a second. Because often when we think about power, what we're grasping for is more resources. More influence more ability to to have the world turn the way that we want it to go but paul is saying no no no, wait a minute the most important thing for you as a church if you're going to be good church is that you understand and have jesus dwelling inside you that you understand the great love that god has for all people how wide and long and high and deep is the love of christ and to know that this surpasses knowledge. His prayer is that they have dynamite to know the love of God, dynamite to know how great God's love is for the world. This is a difficult task. Because I've tried to think, okay, so at this point in the sermon, if I was following sermon structure, I should also try and make you aware of the width and height and depth and breadth and, and, and how high and deep is the love of Christ? That, this is the thing that I should be doing now. I should be making you aware of that. But I got to be honest, when I came to this task and I was writing this and I was like, okay, now's the time in the sermon where I make everyone aware how, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I didn't have words for that. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I, I, this is too big for me. Every love story that you 've ever ever heard, every inspirational story of sacrifice every every clip that is shared on Facebook about all of the uh, that, 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 that some people love and some people cringe at because it's just you cheese ball and it has like the, pat, the, 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 the lovely symphony music behind it and then everybody starts crying and then, and then like or like when that truck commercial comes on and you just get dusty because people are dirty and working for each other and like stopping a flood or something like that. All of those stories are beautiful stories and all of them combined pale against the amazing love that God has for us. All of them, the words that I would put to describe it are, 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 are weaker than the actual reality. And, and I wish that I could do this I wish that 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 I could I, I, I could string words together in a way to make you do this because what changes us into the kind of church that we ought to be is not an in an influx of of, of, of of monetary resources it's not an influx of of people and volunteer hours it's not an influx of, of executive planning although I'm trying to get better than that, better at that like that those things are important it's not an influx of those things but in the mind of Paul those are all good things and important things but in the mind of Paul, what, what makes a church good as opposed to bad, what fills a church with power to do what God has called it to do, is you and I understanding the love that God has for us and the love that God has for the world. That during this week, when you feel small and insignificant... During this week, when you feel like you've been backed into a corner and no one is sticking up for you, when you feel like like no one is paying attention to the needs and the desires that you have, that rather than reaching for all of the things that this world tells you to grab, shopping online, grabbing more carbs, grabbing more sugar, grabbing something that's going to make you, uh, lashing out at other people, grabbing something that's going to make you feel better, rather than, than reaching for any of those things, you remind yourself of the truth that, wait a minute, God loves me with an infinite, deep love, and before the creation of the universe, he had plans for me and he had no know the plans that he has for me. He plans to give me hope and a future now and for eternity. If we could do that on those moments every week, how much greater would we be? How much more use would we be to the world? He is you and I understanding the love God has for us and the love God has for the world. That when we find ourselves this week When we're confronted by someone in in a situation where we're we're cut off in traffic, or we get an angry email that we didn't expect from somebody who doesn't understand what we're trying to do, or or when we we see the social media message that that, that tells us that we're small and insignificant, then rather than seeing that person as an enemy... Rather than seeing that person that is a negative force that we need to destroy in order to be what we'd be called to be. Rather than that, we understand how high and deep and wide the love that God has for them is. And rather than seeing them as an enemy, then we see them as our brother and our brother or our sister. And we reach out to them in the best love that we have because we understand the love that God has for the world. That changes things. That changes us. That changes our behavior on a day-to-day basis and in changing the way that we feel about ourselves, the way feel we feel about others, changing our behavior on a day-to-day basis, it changes our community and when it changes our community, it changes the world. That's the way that God designed this thing to work. The closest image that we can have of this kind of love to get to understand it is still from this, this verse that is, I rarely ever talk about this verse because it feels so cliched sometimes. It's it's held up on a sign. I listen to, I'm a, I'm a sports fan. So I remember listening to sports podcasts and at sports events, there's always somebody holding up the sign that says John 3.16. And I remember listening to sports, uh, a sports podcast where the two guys, very intelligent adult males, were like, what does that stand for anyway? I don't know. <laughs> for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God loved this world so much that he gave his child for it. For those of us who have children, we know what that's like. To give our children over to something is one of the most challenging and heart wrenching things that we do. And all honest, I, there, there's part of me that, you know, we have to love something very deeply if we're going to give our children over for it. But that's the nearest picture that we have to the love God has for the world. And even that, in some ways, seems small. God loved the world so much. God was so desiring to see this world flourish and succeed and be what he had created it to be that that he was willing to give everything of himself for it. And, And when we pray for power as a church... The power that we pray for is not just for the, the plates to overflow with cash, although that's wonderful. It's not that we have hundreds and thousands of volunteers, but the power that we pray for is that we know how great God's love is, that we know this love that he had for the world. Because with that, knowing that love creates a burden. Because if you actually understand how much God loves the world, then you can't not love it either. If you understand how much God loves the world, then you can't not work for it. It's, it's very difficult to lock yourself into your selfish circle when you understand how deep the love that God has for the world. And, and when we understand that love, then we start getting brave, then we start getting courageous, then we start getting sacrificial because we know that nothing else matters other than, other than God reaching in and sharing who he is with this world. That's the challenge that we have. We want to be good church. We know we want to do that. But the way that we get there in the midst of, of all of the wonderful and good things that we should be doing, Paul seems to say, is to understand the love that God has for us, the love that God has for the world. So don't treat, allow the thought that you were abandoned to creep into your head this week. Don't allow dismissive thoughts of other people to creep into your head this week. Don't allow that because you have been told this week of the great love that God has for you, love that changes and saves everything. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that even though we sing songs about it even though we read words about it even though we write stories about it we can't grasp it we can't really understand it and it's difficult for us to believe that you would love us as much as you've told us you love us because in all honesty we don't feel that lovable sometimes But help us to believe that what you've told us is truth. And as we sing songs, as we meet at your table, may we begin to find the knowledge and the healing and the power that we need in order to be who you have called us to be. That we would understand the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of the love that you have for us. And that we would spread that love into this world. And we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus.